Hello everyone, I'm Monica Swamiraj. I am the data product lead at Aurora. I recently joined the company to help with data strategy. Very pleased to be hosting the special careers podcast episode called Oxford Graduate Analyst Program Explain. And we're very excited that the application window for our 2024 Oxford Graduate Program is now open. We offer analysts graduates a 21-month program during which you will take part in three placements in teams within our business. At the end of the third placement, you will move into a permanent position with one of our teams. Today, I want to welcome our guests, Alia Ramanti and Nicholas Edler, who will share their first-hand experience of joining and working at Aurora as grad analysts. And for more information about all our graduate programs to see our brochure, apply or sign up for our mailing list, please visit auroraer.com slash grads. Alia, Nicholas, um, do you want to introduce yourself and give us a little bit of your background? Yep. Hi there. So my name is Alia Ramayanti. Um, I am currently an analyst in the pan-European research team. I've just uh, moved into this team after my rotation in the advisory side of the grad program, where I was working for 10 months. Um, and I joined Aurora in September 2022 after I graduated. Um, and I have my background in chemical engineering from Imperial College. Yeah, I started at the same time uh, as I last September on the grad scheme. Um, I'm currently in the advisory team, having uh, spent the first nine months of the program in the research team. So I and I have kind of uh swapped recently um the kind of uh, departments that we're, that we're in um and yeah my background is in uh, physics i did an undergrad in uh, physics of uh, physical natural sciences um and then as a master's in technology policy um but was always interested in energy along the way and, and energy policy um and, and energy economics um so that kind of ultimately brought me to aurora and uh yeah i've, I've had a blast so far so um, it's, it'll be good to, to to chat about the experience. Thank you both. Um, so yes, it's very interesting. You, um, Aya, you come from the chemical engineering, and Nicholas, you come from the physics side of things. You both had interest in energy before, um, and when you applied, you um, decided to choose Aurora, and you came over here. Can you tell us a little bit about? whether you need to have energy background, what kind of interest you need to have um, in the energy industry or otherwise, what kind of skills too um, that you need to have to be able to make it at Aurora? So yeah, I, I think you, you definitely don't need to have a background uh, in, in energy systems or uh, in kind of energy engineering or, or anything um, completely energy focused at all. Um, and that's partly because of the way the grad scheme is structured. There's a, a great onboarding process, um, where you know a lot of that um, that that knowledge and the energy market knowledge um, is is kind of given to you um, over the, the course of the first two weeks. That's kind of quite an intense um, period of learning for a lot of people um, on the grad scheme, um, and then you know learning on the job. I think is 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 you know. Um, is is definitely enough in terms of um, picking up those those new um, those new skills and that new knowledge. Um, I guess the the background that um, would be most suitable is is kind of any kind of quantitative analysis um, sort of background. So um, we do a lot of modelling at Aurora, 
Um, it's kind of what we what we pride ourselves in, really, um, modeling energy systems and energy markets. Um, and so, yeah, understanding um, uh, you know how how complex models work and, and models of complex systems work, um, and then and then also maybe having the communication skills to try and, and distill some insights out of those um, out of that modeling and out of that quantitative analysis. So I think any background that can kind of evidence um, some of those skills um, would would stand you in great stead, really. Thank you. Aya, do you have anything to add? I think we, our, our main question was um, whether we need an energy background in order to apply. Um, yeah. And Nick is definitely right in that you don't 100% need to have an energy background. But for those who already do have an interest in energy systems, Aurora's and this grad program was a really good place to continue expanding that and to really dig deep um, into um, what I think is... I guess, topics that I wanted to pursue during my undergrad, but didn't exactly have time to <laughs> because of um, lots of other things. So I think this opportunity and this grad program really enabled me to um, dig deep into what I wanted to find out more about um, within the energy systems. And afterwards, I found that, you know, things were a lot more complicated, really interesting. Um, and yeah, the role really enabled me to um, to develop uh, my knowledge um, in in that. Um, and I think one interesting link between me and Nick, um, based on our energy interests, was that we were both um, on the energy journal in our respective universities, um, which was a cross-university collaborative effort to publish um, energy insights um, and and yeah, publish um, student-written articles on the energy sector, um, which we were both. Uh, part of the committee for um, and yeah it was very interesting to find that we both found Aurora uh, through different paths um, and yeah still managed to to uh, meet in this grad program um, which kind of just shows that you know people with similar interests can congregate um, and Aurora's um, grad program is really uh, I guess the uh, congregation point for those kind of people who are quite interested in energy markets and want to develop more. Um, to be honest with you, I don't think it's just a grad program. Aurora is full of energy nerds, and I've learned so much about the industry in the six months that I've been here. So that's very, very true. Um, we, Nick talked a little bit about the onboarding experience. Um, do you want to highlight a little bit, Aya, about what the onboarding felt like from your perspective? Yeah, definitely. So for me, the onboarding was quite a social time, and it was kind of a mix between quite um, a ramp up in knowledge um, gained um, of the energy markets, um, which was a really good foundation for the work that we were doing afterwards. Um, so I felt that it was kind of like a mini university crash course into power markets, um, which was really a good step from university and transitioning into the working world. So um, that's what I took away from the training, um, mainly. Uh, I think one of the best things about the training program was the cohort feeling. Um, we had 10 people in our cohort learning about energy markets and developing our knowledge at the same time. And it was really good to bounce back and forth ideas between the cohort, which really solidified our understanding, um, despite the kind of fast pace um, 
And yeah, I think it provided really good foundation for what we we um, what work we had to do afterwards. Got it. How long was the onboarding program for? Um, I think quite there was two weeks of quite intense courses uh, and you know one hour, two hour um, sessions with experts in Aurora about the different parts of the energy market. Um, and then there was a section on or a period of time where we looked at the modeling side of things and tested and launched our own model runs, for example, um, to get familiar with the analytics tools that Aurora uses. Um, and for the advisory side, which I started off with in the first 10 months, I uh, had a kind of two week shadowing period um, where I was able to just join the meetings and um, and do some light analysis, but not 100% um, for one project. Um, and so on the advisory side, that was good. Um, that was a good process to ease in um, uh, new analysts into, into the role. It's very good. So it sounds like the onboarding program itself is quite supportive, very much cognizant that you're a fresh grad. This might be your first real um, work opportunity in industry. Um, probably for the first time in the energy industry um, mm -hmm. for a lot of folks. And it, it's a very good bridging program. You have your onboarding. It's a little bit of bridge between university and work. And then you have a shadowing period. And then you actually get to work with teams. How was it on the research side, Nick? Yeah, so I think it was, as I mentioned, it was really helpful to kind of jump, jump straight into the job and learn on the job. Um, after that initial period of of, um, of the kind of two week um, intense um, training, but I think there's also it's also worth pointing out that um, the training is really continuous and it's it's, it's ongoing throughout the program um, and after the program. Um, so there are kind of a whole suite of um, beginner trainings that then kind of meld into a, in, intermediate trainings and advanced trainings. Um, and kind of sessions where you know, more senior colleagues will take some time um, to, to work through things with you and, and develop your skills. Um, so just yesterday, for example, uh, I did a, a training on kind of um, this, the sort of storytelling process of, of kind of you've got this analysis, you've got these really cool insights, you've got lots of numbers and data to back up a claim about how the energy market uh, is evolving, how we see the, the future panning out. Now, how do you communicate that to to clients uh, in various con different contexts and for various purposes? Um, and so, yeah, that that was just just one example of kind of really um, fun and interesting training that that you know even um, more than you know almost a year into the program, I'm kind of massively benefiting from still. Um, but just to briefly come back to to um, kind of your your question on on the research. Um, side and how was it to start in research? Um, I think you can really probably make an argument um, either way as to kind of which is the the better um, rotation to start in. Do you want to be an advisory first or research first? Um, I think so both are, are kind of brilliant in their own ways. But um, I think just from my perspective, having started in research, um, it was really nice to um, kind of get an overview of. Um, so I, I was in that island research team um which kind of does a power and renewables market forecast but it also does um, a flexible energy market forecast 
um, and various like strategic insight reports throughout the year um, on um, kind of more more narrowly focused topics, but all kind of uh, uh, all, all sort of giving you the chance to see the, the, the sector um, um, in its entirety um, and, and our view on its, its evolution out to 2060. Um, and so it was very, kind of quite nice, I thought, to start, um, you know, working on um, a, a forecasting report that really has this like holistic approach to like, you know, um, looking at how the sector will develop. Um, I, uh, I don't know if you want to sing the praises of starting in an advisory um, just for, for balance. Um, let's see. Seeing the praises of advisory, uh, I think one thing, well, personally, when I was looking for grad schemes, I wanted to look for a sort of consultancy role, which wasn't too generalist and um, where I could follow my passions in the energy sector. So I think this role was perfect for me. Um, and I was luckily starting off in the advisory team, um, which I really enjoyed. Um, and allowed me to kind of like practice the skills I wanted to get um, right at, after uni. I think what was really good starting off in the advisory team is, I guess, the focus on how we communicate complex ideas to clients um, and in general throughout our reports, um, which, you know, from project to project, I felt myself continuing to develop and continuing um, to be more concise um, and more clear um, as time goes on uh, and as um, you develop more skills um, on that. So um, I assume um, on the research side, we definitely do also uh, develop those communication skills. But I think in the advisory side, because of like the uh, the very direct um, purpose of the um, shorter projects in advisory, um, we definitely have to, I guess, hit the the core messages um, like very, very directly. So I um, found myself improving more and more on how I communicate complex ideas. Um, yeah, that's really interesting. Monica, I, I don't want to uh, preempt uh, your, your questions at all, but um, I, I wonder if we should maybe just clarify what we mean by research um, and advisory for, for people who might not um, kind of know, know the details of what those departments do. Um, so the, the research team uh, publishes mainly a, a quarterly power and renewable um, market forecast. And so this is like our, our latest modeling of energy demand um, and how that demand will be met with, with energy supply um, to 2060. And then the, the prices that result from, from that supply and demand. Uh, and so that's based on like our latest um, kind of input assumptions to our modeling um, and and sort of tracking how commodity prices are moving and and how we think they'll move in the future, and so each quarter we will update um, kind of all of our analysis with any changes to to market arrangements or to policy or to to commodity prices and the movement of the gas prices. You know, big example of of something that's that's massively shaken up prices and and the, and the sector as a whole um, recently. And um, so that's kind of the main output of, of the research side. Um, with a few workshops and and bits of client engagement um, in there as well, um, and then on the advisory side, that's kind of um, much more uh, focused in specific consultancy projects um, for particular clients. And so they'll often be sh in kind of shorter duration projects um, than kind of writing this this quarterly report um, 
it is in research um, and they'll be a bit more focused in sort of in their scope and so they might range from like asset valuations um, and 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 buy and sell side due diligence for example um uh, to kind of projects for regulatory authorities um or, or you know on, on designing a new subsidy mechanism for example um and projects that that will um apply to for for governments and um, so it's, it's very very varied in the advisory um side on kind of who the client is on a consulting project but hopefully that yeah gives a, a bit of a an overview thanks nick yeah and it's also a great introduction for anyone that's looking to learn more about energy industry to do both um, as part of the grad program rotation i think um yeah um, what do you think yeah 100 percent agree <laughs> definitely <laughs> worth emphasizing that yeah it's yeah. um it, it's great and I, and I think um the the incoming grad um cohort which uh if there's anyone listening to this who, who might be thinking of applying to that and um, will also have the opportunity to do a third rotation and um, that's in, in a commercial team or in a software team developing some of the some of Aurora's um, uh, software. And so um, that, I think, yeah, that's another exciting opportunity that, that you can really get involved with, like, you know, a lot of different um, parts of the company. Exactly. And you get to train on so many different aspects. Think about the same industry from different perspectives, too. Nicholas, we talked a little bit about the onboarding. We talked a little bit about what the teams do. What does your day look like? Uh, what do you actually do on a typical day? Yeah, so um, uh, what do I do on a particular day? So, um, uh, yeah, I guess I'll just uh, like take take you through from, from the beginning. So I'll, um, I'll start at nine um, and I'll kind of usually start by planning um, sort of what I'm going to do that day. Um, answer some emails, do some communication, and um, but but mainly kind of get get settled for the day and, and try and understand what's on my list. Um, and then on the advisory um, side, which I've kind of joined uh, a couple of months ago, so this is all still a little bit new to me. But um, we have a daily advisory check-in meeting. Um, so that will be the whole of Oxford Advisory. I say Oxford Advisory because we've got offices and um, kind of. Or, or popping up all over the place now, really. So, um, yeah, the advisory practice is kind of um, specific to each each geography. So, you'll sometimes work with um, maybe Berlin advisory or, or other advisory teams. But um, anyway, that's that's a bit of a digression. So, we'll have an Oxford um, kind of check in, see what everyone's up to that day. Um, then we might have, um, for example, a project check in if you're doing a project that week. Um, You've maybe had your uh, your kickoff meeting with the client, and now you're working on the analysis, or you're working on writing up the analysis um, into a, into a report. So you might have a meeting with uh, you know your colleagues um, on that project, um, see what needs doing for the day, see what the goal for the day is. So that's kind of the the the, the morning, um, and then yeah, I guess throughout the day, um, work is kind of often very collaborative. And that's one of the things I really love about about the company and about the work is is you know you're always on like a, a Teams chat or having a quick meeting or going over to someone's desk um, to to essentially problem solve. You're constantly thinking, um, you know, how can I model this better? How can I um, understand this system um, kind of in a, in a more nuanced way? Or um, you know, why is this why is this surprising finding? Um, 
how do I communicate this? And so of all those questions, everyone is, is there to help you. Um, so I'd say a, a lot of my work is, 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 you know, collaborative and spent in, in meetings um, with people. Um, then maybe there'll be some client meetings as well in the day. Um, and then you might have a pro- kind of project checkout at the end of the day and see what you got up to. Uh, and then, yeah, finish, finish it around six. Um, sometimes that, that can be a bit varied. Um, depending if you're on a really intense project or or maybe on a um, a slightly less intense uh, phase of a project, any aspects of the day, Aya, that you enjoy? No, I think that that covers it really. <laughs> Same for me. Yeah, the lunch break. I forgot the lunch break. You <laughs> definitely have lunch though. <laughs> it's not just work. Um, yeah, we definitely. Yeah, people take lunch at different times, but it's quite nice um, when people uh, just. Yeah, ask uh, around um, whether we want to either go to the covered market or the open market in Gloucester Green um, are the hot spots uh, to to head out. Um, yeah, I think with that, the vibe in the office is very friendly, so um, and quite open. Um, and yeah, super easy to just ask someone, "Yo, are you free for lunch?" And we can head. Yeah, and it's it's quite a nice vibe. It's pretty cool. It sounds like you have a very diverse day filled with lots of different activities, but the daily check-in and the daily check-out help you narrow down your focus and say, these are the few things we want to get done this day. And then the constant check-ins also help you keep in the um, keep on track and go- keep going in the right direction. Um, so you also both mentioned working very closely with clients. I think, Mick, you were talking about the GMs in the research part of it. Maya and both of you were talking about um, how it is with the advisory client projects. So how is it like working with clients? Yeah, I hope you want to go. Yeah, sure. Um, I think working with clients, um, mainly for me in the advisory side when I was um, in that placement for the first 10 months, um, I think... What I took from lots of our client meetings was a sort of view on how clients prioritize um, the key issues that are uh, that they're being that they're faced with in the energy markets or when they're developing new renewables or batteries, for example. And it's really interesting to kind of put into context, like out of all the things in the regulatory sphere, for example, in the UK, what exactly is the key barriers? Um, that companies are facing, or for example, when trying to um, secure funding from um, banks, investments, lenders, um, what kind of considerations in, uh, and risks um, in, for example, capture prices that uh, these developers are facing. So um, these kind of things are what Aurora and Aurora's uh, power market model can provide some insights into, especially via sensitivity analyses, um, and with our capacity build out assumptions um, and and forecasts. So, yeah, being able to link, I guess, the needs of the client to what Aurora can provide in the best way possible is like, you know, <laughs> I guess, key, key for the job, but also like really interesting just to get an understanding of like, you know, what actually needs to be done? What are the issues? How can we, um, yeah. I guess, progress. It's a great um, skill to have right off the bat when you start out, I think. Um, yes, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, totally. Just to um, just to add to that, I think I, you were guessing at it in terms of um, trying to understand the client's needs and, and those can be sometimes be quite varied. 
one of the features of the client engagements um, that I've been involved in is just how varied they've been. Um, so sometimes they'll, you know, you'll be speaking to a, a super um, switched on client, if I can put it that way. Um, so maybe a, a developer or like a really specialist investor um, or, or uh, someone from um, a system operator who really know, um, you know, their stuff and will properly kind of test you, test your knowledge, test your numbers um, your analysis will question your assumptions. Um, which, you know, can be kind of a really stimulating, if uh, sometimes stra- slightly stressful um, challenge. Um, and, but then, you, you know, you also get um, uh, some conversations where with people who um, might be slightly less, um, you know, familiar with the energy sector. Um, for example, I recently did a, um, a project in which we presented a, um, a retail price forecast um, to, to a, um, a water company. And, um, you know, they, they wanted to know how, what, how much will we be paying for energy in the future? Um, and, and, and so you really have to kind of adapt your, um, your, your presentation and your, your communication, um, I guess, to the level of the client, um, which I, I think is quite a fun sort of fun aspect. Nick, you've spent a little bit of time on the advisory now, but you've had a lot of experience on the research side. And I, you've spent a lot of time on the advisory side. You've had a little bit of experience on the research side. Do you both want to take a crack at the highlights of each rotation? So I think for me, one big highlight from the advisory rotation was a um, big project that we did. Um, I think it was a three-month project, so quite long in relation to lots of other advisory projects, although some of them also do um, last up to six months, one year, depending on the size of the project and the client. Um, But yeah, for this particular project, it was three months, um, looking at the need for flexibility in the UK grid. Um, and this was to support a portfolio um, sell side for a client. Um, and the fact that our client had so many different types of flexible assets meant that we um, really had to dig deep into how each type of asset um, impacted the grid and what the prospects for each type of asset looked like. Um, and this really developed, I guess, the breadth of knowledge that I had on the flexibility space. Um, and after 10 months of these kind of projects, working with um, lots of different developers, working on lots of, um, I guess, different scales of projects. So some small scale batteries versus some large scale batteries, for example, I really felt that at the end of the rotation, um, I really gained an understanding um, and felt like, you know, a little bit more of an expert on the flexible side of things, um, especially on the investment side. Um so for me, I think that was my key takeaway from the advisory rotation, having that bit of specialism um, from the projects that I um, that I got um, in the rotation. Yeah. Yeah. So I think for me, it was a um, in the in the in the uh, island research team. It was a hydrogen strategic insight report that we wrote, um, where we looked at the potential of producing hydrogen from uh, renewable electricity in Ireland. Um, and so we did some modeling on the optimal configuration of assets and, and the locations um, that be best suited to, to making hydrogen most cheaply. Um, and we were trying to understand sort of the bounds of the system. The hydrogen economy in Ireland is still um, sort of quite nascent. And so we're just trying to do some like preliminary um, analysis on, on things like, for example, um, you know, what if all of the excess renewable power um, that exists. So, so where renewables generate more than than um, demand, and what if all of that power was turned into into hydrogen? Um, 
how cheaply could you make it? How much hydrogen could you produce? Um, what would the water requirement be for making that hydrogen? Um, so just, I think, very, very like fun analytical questions, um, uh, which is, is kind of why I really enjoyed the project. And then we presented that to a room of experts in, in person in Dublin. Um, uh, and someone from the um, Irish kind of energy department was actually sort of in the room um, and they were responsible for writing Ireland's national hydrogen strategy. Um, and we were kind of presenting our analysis on, on you know, um, where we think hydrogen are going, where, where the economics lie. Uh, and so that sense of impact as well, you know, we'll, we'll never know how, how much, um, you know, our, our analysis was actually taken into consideration there. But it, it feels great to be in the room and to, um, to be able to present that to someone who, who um, you know, could, could potentially um, use it to, to, to generate impact. And so, um, yeah, uh, I, that was my favorite project. I'd also just want to say how good the, the team was on that. I think it, it really felt like it was... Uh, like a small master's project almost um, where we kind of put our heads together and think about, um, you know, what, what the, um, the best ways were to, to figure this stuff out. So I think that's another reason. I think building on that, um, building on the point Nick mentioned about, you know, being in the same room as these people who are making massive changes. And I think one thing in the advisory side that um, I, I felt after doing multiple projects to support different transactions was when, you know, the transaction finally occurs and finally happens and um, these companies um, announce, you know, either mergers, acquisitions um, or the development or the um, beginning of operation for, for an asset that you have um, that you have supported uh, it. it feels really rewarding to kind of see the fruits of your labor <laughs> um, be be played out um, yeah, down the line. And definitely adds to your repertoire as well for your CV. So um, I think, yeah, that's, that's always a positive. So you truly get to influence the global energy transition as um, John Pedersen likes to put it. Uh, it's very exciting. We are almost at time, but before we wrap up, are there any points that you have to share with new grads who are applying? Or is there something that you wish you had known before? Are there tips and tricks um, that you might want to mm -hmm. share? Um, I guess on the actual application side, what is outlined in the brochures or the information given about the interview process is really what it is. Um, so there's no really curveballs on the process at all. Um, what I expected of the interviews when I was doing them was a sort of um, skills-based interview um, which I think is typical um, and it's either skills-based or competency-based but definitely you can ask for clarification to the recruitment team if you need um, we're very open to answering those questions um, and for the analyst role I was expecting some form of case study interview as well so I did some preparation um, on typical case study interviews the interviews for me during the period coming out of COVID was um, one interview being virtual and um, the other interviews being in person. So you get to visit the office. Um, yeah. And then both of them were a form of uh, skills-based and case study interviews, um, which weren't, yeah, weren't too surprising and basically mainly in, in the realm of, of what you would expect for a typical interview. So no curveballs. Yeah, I think I'd have um, three things to say about the um, about the application. Um, so 
I think, firstly, um, trying to evidence some analytical skills. Um, maybe any times where you've done quantitative analysis, um, problem solving, and, and thought about kind of complex systems are like really good examples to 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 bring up in an interview or to write down in your cover letter. Um, communication is the second thing. Um, any evidence of like a situation where you've had to really clearly um, uh, uh, present something uh, or um, maybe evidence of like data visualization, that's a big part of what we do. Um, and then thirdly, I'd say just let your personality shine through and, and be yourself because I think, um, you know, hopefully you're, you're passionate um, um, anyway, maybe because you care about climate change and you care about the emissions from energy. Um, you know, energy is, is is embedded into absolutely everything we consume. And so decarbonizing the economy is about decarbonizing energy and to such a large extent. Um, or, or maybe you're just interested in complex systems and how changes propagate through complex systems and how we can model that. All brilliant reasons to be excited. Um, but yeah, let that excitement um, shine through. Um, and listen to the podcast is the final <laughs> thing. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I found that quite helpful just to um, get a flavor of, of some energy conversations. I think one thing that um, I actually did after listening to last year's graduate podcast was to reach out to um, the people who um, were on the podcast and just to ask um, what experiences, other experiences they had. Um, and it really helped to build a view of what life at Aurora was like. Thank you both. For more information about all Aurora's graduate programs and to see our brochure, apply or sign up for our mailing list, please visit auroraer.com slash grads. If you want to reach out to people in person, please don't hesitate to reach out to Nicholas Edler, Ayara Haimanti, and myself on LinkedIn. Thanks, Nicholas. Thanks, Aya. And thank you all for listening to us today. And we can't wait to see you at Aurora. <laughs>